Coming up on today's episode, Walt Disney World extends their Park Pass reservation system, California Adventure is opening for a special ticketed event, and some fan-favorite Marvel characters are returning to the studio's ownership. All that and more, plus our featured film discussion on Red Tails, on today's Plus or Bust. Welcome to episode 22 of Plus or Bust, a Disney podcast where each week we watch a random movie on Disney Plus and decide whether we would recommend it, a plus or not, a bust. My name is Matt and joining me today are my co-hosts, my brother Brady. Hello. My sister Nikki. Hi, how's it going? It's, it's going. We talked for 30 minutes before ever recording and my wife Chris is also here. Hello. Hello. How is everybody? We're fine. Oh, now you want us to talk (laughs) candidly and just just go with conversation? You just cut us off. Well, I wanted to get that we weren't recording for anything. Uh I'm not going to put a half hour at the end of it. My fingernails are like blue. That's that's absolutely not what I want to be talking about right now. All right, let's get to the news. Uh, Get some Disney news in here. Not kind of light news week, I think. Uh, I mean, I guess they're kind of big things, but not a lot of them. All right. Disney Park. Sorry. (laughs) Disney is extending their Park Pass program. Disney Park Pass availability calendar extended through September 2021, but then was extended until January 2022. Now Disney has updated the calendar to go all the way up to January 2023. So the Park Pass program, if you don't know, when you go to Walt Disney World and you have a ticket, you have to reserve which park you're going to go to each day. Disney rolled this out because of the pandemic. Obviously, they wanted to control how many people were in each park. They wanted to know where you were going. They originally extended it to September 2021, and now it is up through, er, and then it moved to January 2022, and now it has moved all the way to January 2023. So they're expecting to use this system forever. Yes. Just expect that it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, There was, before covid there was some talk about how disney wanted to have a better idea of where people were going on what day and that's when they started making it so like when you bought tickets on the first day didn't you have to say where you were going yes yeah you had to say where you were going or which park you were going to only the first day though you didn't have to do that for the rest of it i believe um so was it like that when you guys went on your honeymoon because i vaguely remember that no they no. started that in like 2000. I don't know when they started that. I want to so say. So was it like it was that when we went? No. 2018? No, it was not. You did not have to. Well, actually, I don't know because we had we had the premier passport. So you would know. We had APs. So. <gasps> Nikki well, I had it. a ticket. Do you remember having to pick your park? No. It would no. only been for the first day. So. Um, we went to Epcot the first day. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't get my parks through Disney, so. Uh, oh, see, okay, see, so it's it it was more so if you bought them through Disney, like on the app. So yeah, no, I think we we buy through Undercover Tourist. Um. Yeah. So, but the the rumor was that Disney wanted to know where people were going because they could better staff certain areas. Certain restaurants could be open because they knew um, how big the crowds were going to be. So this is just them being able to tell how crowded a park is going to be on what day. So, like, it makes complete sense that it's here to stay. 
Um, get used to it. It's probably going to be in land too, which I mean, it, it past having to control capacity, I think this is just something that they're going to want to know moving forward. Because if you think about it, it's like the perfect tool because it's like it tells you exactly how many people are coming in. But what I think is interesting um, about this, and it may not have anything to do with anything, but I remember reading somewhere that Disney dumped the fast pass queues in their system to make way for these reservations. So I'm kind of curious, does that mean that fast passes are not coming back in the foreseeable future? What do you think? How come every time we record a train goes by? Um, I don't think fast passes are coming back in the foreseeable future, but they will be back. Eventually. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, they still have all the positions for them in Walt Disney World. And I think Max Pass makes them an- too much money for them to get rid of it out here. In land. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But yeah, didn't they just, um, oh my God, didn't they just do it? Uh, for the Ratatouille ride, doesn't that happen? Yeah, yeah but that was being built before the pandemic started. You can't really, yeah, you can't really blame that on them. But I mean, I guess they did put the sign up. They could have just not. So I mean, and also too, when everything started, they didn't know how long people didn't know how that this was going to go for this long. So they probably thought that they were safe to do it as it was intended. Um, so that's probably why it has a thing. Um. But yeah, do you think that, I mean, then you, for sure throughout the 50th anniversary, are probably not going to have to deal with fast passes. No, I think fast passes will be gone for the whole year. I think so too. I think eventually they will bring them back because, for one, I think they might start charging for them in Florida. But for two, it's one of the things that you give to get people to stay on property. Yes. Like, you get earlier access to FastPass. They might revamp the whole system, but I don't think FastPass is going away. Yeah. I mean, I think that what they'll probably have to do now is they're probably trying to figure out how to, like, marry the two. Because if they did have to use the FastPass and dining reservations, space, whatever, for this, then they're going to add. Right. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw that it was going to 2023. I was thinking, okay, this is going to be here for the rest of forever. And then I was also thinking, like, man, when are Fast Passes going to come back? Well, um, I've seen people saying that they like they're not being Fast Passes. But it's been so long. Yeah. Since there hasn't been Fast Passes that I don't even remember what it was like when there wasn't. <laughs> There's less. I mean, technically, Fast Passes definitely holds up the line. Like, you move fast when you're in Fast Pass, but because depending on the ride, they have to let a certain number of people Fast Pass go for every one guest. So, like, sometimes it's like 50 to 1. So, you're letting 50 Fast Pass people go before you let for every one person you let through. So, like, it definitely holds up the line. So, I would imagine lines go quicker, but it's too much of a perk to get rid of. Forever, forever. Yes. Right. At least for the foreseeable future, but not forever, forever. Yes, and I can see the park pass system sticking around forever because even if capacity is all the way back up, right? Capacity is at 100%, right? They very rarely ever hit capacity in these parks. So, like, there's no reason to keep a park pass system unless they're trying to specifically figure out where everybody is going. Yeah. So, like, even once they're at 100%, they could still be like, well, you have to pick which park you're going to that day so that we know. 
yeah. where you're going. Mm-hmm. So, um, the only thing I would see, like, I hope that park hopping becomes fine. Like, I hope oh. that they change the hours a little bit so that it's like not two, maybe like noon, so that you really can go, you know, to park hop. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I think that the system that they have now is fine, but I mean, I think that eventually, like, they should like up it. All right, we'll just expect to use park passes for uh, from now on. All right, we got a little bit of a. Uh... Uh, news on Disneyland, a couple different things. Um, so Disney's California Adventure is going to be opening up for a ticketed event. So in a letter sent to cast members, Disneyland Resort President Ken Potrock mentioned that a ticketed event was being planned for Disney California Adventure. The letter read, Dear cast members, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years since we welcomed our first guest to Disney California Adventure. While I'm relatively new to the Disneyland Resort, I was so excited to visit Disney California Adventure that first year and have enjoyed seeing the park evolve over the last two decades and the role it played in creating a multi-dimensional destination, or say a multi-day destination for our guests. I don't know what dimensional. From the ongoing expansion and enhancements focused on bringing more Disney storytelling to the park, including Cars Land, to our upcoming mission to build to set up the next generation of superheroes at Avengers Campus, we continue to add new, vibrant experiences for guests to enjoy. Currently planned to begin mid-March, we will debut an all-new, limited-time, ticketed experience focused on our world-famous food and beverage offerings from around the resort, the latest merchandise, and unique, carefully crafted entertainment experiences. All of all to be offered multiple days a week with limited capacity and enhanced health and safety measures in place. Guests once again will get to step into a magical Disney environment, an environment that will provide memorable and fun experiences for our guests uh, that our guests are craving. Teams across the resort are currently developing the distinct Disney experience, so there are many more details to come, but I wanted you, our cast members, to hear this news first. Stay tuned for an official announcement coming soon. On top of that, the Workers United Local 50 Workers Union, who represents many cast members at Disney, uh, at Disney, posted a statement saying food and beverage cast members are currently being called back for uh, for areas including Cars Land, Pacific Wharf, Pixar Pier, and Grizzly Peak Airfields. There will also be cast members called back for six festival-style booths. Buena Vista Street will also partake in the event, according to the release. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> cool. I'll be there. <laughs> They're just charging people money to charge them more money. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm not having a problem with it. I'm trying to make up revenue. Spend $100 to walk into Disney California Adventure Worth to spend it. more money. Shit. They could charge $300. No, you are go. not spending $300 to, go <laughs> to walk around Cars Land and you can't get on a ride. You are not doing it. But you know what? People will. They will. Of course They'd people will. $500. If it was $1,000, people would pay. There was rumors that Main Street would be included, but I don't see that happening. No way. I don't think so. No. They couldn't do that. I don't think so. But that'd be cool. Um, but yeah. So what's the cap? <laughs> what's the most <laughs> that it can be? That Honestly, I think a hundred is too much. A hundred? That's too much. No, it's You're not. paying money to go pay money because you got to pay for the food. You're going to want to buy something. You're probably going to eat more than once. Like, no, that's that's absurd that's absurd that's absurd i love california adventure i'm not paying in it to walk around it with nothing to do but eat um, i will you're insane it's been a year whatever let's talk about this <laughs> let's talk about this uh this bill so i didn't write any of this down so i'm kind of uh winging it here so cal so um a council member of california has 
presented a bill to the state of California council to change the way that theme parks open. So currently um, there's a tier system in California where depending on how many COVID cases there are in each county, the county is under a different kind of tier. Right now it's set up to where if the moderate tier is met, small theme parks can open. But at the minimal tier, which is the least amount of COVID cases in the tier list, large theme parks can open. Well, the council, I believe it was a woman, a councilwoman, um, issued this bill saying, well, we think that all theme parks should be able to open at the same time. Because if any theme park is going to be able to handle such uh, these safety measures, it's going to be the larger ones like Disneyland and Universal. They're going to be able to handle it better than your small little boardwalks. The ones that have resources. Right. So, More resources. So they issued this bill and the uh, entire state is going to vote on it. Um, Anaheim City Council voted in favor of it, six to one, of course, because Disneyland uh, is not only a huge revenue source, but also so many jobs in Anaheim or at Disneyland. And it affects all the businesses around Disneyland. So that's what we're looking at. Basically, they're trying to move up when theme parks can open in Disneyland so or in California. Instead of the yellow tier would be the orange. Is it orange or orange? Right. Because it's red, then orange. So orange tier. Right. Purple's the worst. Right. Right. Which is kind of interesting because I've seen rumors that Newsom was going to move everybody to the red tier soon-ish. I saw somewhere that said as early as next week, but I think it just depends on the county and where they are at and the rate and then the hospital rates and all that stuff. So, but I've seen that somewhere. So, could be sooner then later as opposed to where we were a month ago where it seems like never it's still not going to be for a while i don't think no but so we'll see guess you're paying a hundred dollars to go to (laughs) california adventure hundred plus i'll pay whatever all right well the last uh news story i got um is about Marvel. We got some Marvel news. So the live action rights for both Jessica Jones and The Punisher have reverted back to Marvel after a multi-year deal with Netflix has expired. Marvel originally signed with Netflix to create various shows featuring the two Marvel characters along with others like Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. The deal was that Marvel could not use the characters in any live action production until two years after the cancellation of the Netflix shows. Both The Punisher and Jessica Jones were canceled on February 18th, 2019. So the rights to those characters along with all other Netflix Marvel series characters, are now in full ownership of the Marvel Studios. That's it. They can use Jessica Jones if they want, I guess. Sweet. You have feelings about this, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah, Jessica Jones, that was the best of the Netflix shows, uh, by far. Um, So I'm excited for her to be back. I heard Punisher was good, but I didn't care about Punisher. It was like a a weird offshoot. Like It was the same actor, but he didn't like crossover yeah. it was weird it was a weird offshoot. Yeah, I like didn't he, watch was, it he was his side story was cool in daredevil but yeah i didn't watch his own show yeah i thought he was good so. in, i thought he was good in daredevil punisher is a weird character that like i don't know that punisher fits into the mcu like i yeah. i know that he crosses over with marvel characters all the time obviously but like the way that the mcu is set up right now like, does the Punisher fit in? This guy that goes around, like, murking dudes? Like, I don't know that this dude carrying guns shooting down, like... He's not, like, a hero, but he's not, like, a villain. I don't I don't know that he fits in the MCU. 
I don't know that they find a place for him. They probably will because he's a popular character that sells a lot of merchandise, but I don't know. I'm curious if they keep any of the actors or if they recast them, if they bring any of them. And I thought What's-Her-Face said she didn't want to be Jessica Jones anymore. Yeah, see, that's that's my thing is I really like Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones and Kristen Ritter is like, I don't I don't need this part. <laughs> yeah, they give her enough money. So, she'll come back to that part. I mean, I, guess, I mean, so. yeah. The room. Yeah, she might need another house or something. Uh, so, are they allowed to? So, they only have the rights back to the character. They don't have the rights to the show. No, they have the shows. Oh, they do. They own the. They, I believe they own the shows. So, I, like those shows could be on Disney Plus. They're, they're not going. going they're to. not going to be. I believe. So are they? I believe a Disney representative said in a statement once that they are exclusive to Netflix for now. Mm. so if they i believe they own them because they produce them so i think they could put them on netflix or not on netflix on hulu oh. if they wanted but i don't know that they will because if they want to reboot these characters into the mcu like proper like why would they keep the shows around right like the shows reference the mcu but the mcu definitely does not reference those shows so right so we'll see i don't rumor is daredevil is going to be in the spider-man movie i don't know about that um well, has his show been canceled yet? Yeah, they're all, they've all. Oh. Yeah, Jessica they've Jones, all been canceled for a couple of years now. Yeah, 2018 is when Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist were all canceled. Oh, and then, and then... these were the last two. Oh, okay, okay. Because Punisher was the newest and Jessica Jones had a season three that hadn't aired yet. Gotcha. So the other, the other three were canceled like right after they ended. Right, 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 right. These ones were technically canceled before. No. Punisher was canceled after it ended, but Jessica Jones was technically canceled before the whole season was aired. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, I like these characters a lot, so I would love to see them. Uh, especially, I mean, I like Daredevil the best, I guess, but I like Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage a lot. Iron Fist, yeah. you know, whatever. I like Jessica and Luke the most. Yeah, they're cool. I didn't even like Iron, Iron, Iron Fist, Fist in the... Iron Fist was lame. Yeah, I didn't even like him in the, sh- the show that all of them were in. So Defenders. I, I know it wouldn't have been good. Or it wasn't good. Yeah, nobody really liked that yeah. show. Yeah, I think I watched one or two episodes of Iron Fist, and it was bad. But actor is not, he's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least he didn't portray the character great. You like, you were like rushing us to record just to blow through the news. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody had anything to say, so. Well, I wasn't yeah. done talking about Disneyland. Just come here. Uh, no, you, start you could about talk about Disneyland, and then you acted like you wanted to talk about Marvel. So I was like, "Oh, it must be wanted to talk about this." And you didn't say anything. I said stuff about it. You know, it's funny. Speaking of Marvel, <laughs> I sent it in the um, in the group about um, Danny Elfman. Oh, composing for the score for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Right. Somebody tweeted it in their. Somebody tweeted a news article that's title said composer for Justice League <laughs> um, chosen to score Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Well, I don't think that's wrong. He did compose for Justice League, did he not? He did. But the fact that they didn't say Danny Elfman. Right. Danny, Like, it's literally Danny Elfman. Considering he's done two of the biggest things ever and it's not the justice League. danny elfman i would say maybe one of like the top three most popular uh film composers yes uh, he also did uh he worked with um uh sam raimi on the first three spider-man movies he composed those yeah i love the uh 
the score for the original Spider-Man movies. The theme song is great. So that, yeah, and he also did the Simpsons theme. He song. did do the Simpsons theme. That is correct. He's done a. I just thought it was so funny <laughs> that they referred to him just as the composer for the the Justice League. That is weird. Instead of saying his name. Yeah, he composed for Age of Ultron as well. He's composed for a lot of things. Yes, he has. I'm looking at his credits right now. He's got a lot. Most of them. Oh yeah. Most of them uh, Tim Burton movies. So. Yes, Danny Elfman is composing the score for... Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness, which sounds crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. He is replacing... Who did the first Doctor Strange, the score? Michael Giacchino. Uh, Michael... Oh, Michael Giacchino. That's a big one to replace. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, Michael Giacchino, it says. Michael Giacchino did the inc- score for The Incredibles... The best score ever? <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, he's done seven of them. Yeah, the best seven. score of all time? I don't know. He did Coco, too. You think The Incredibles is the best score, period? Like, have you heard The Incredibles score? No, period. Yes, period. Maybe. Like, above? Yes. No. Yeah, whatever you're about to say, yes. The answer no. is yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. I like this. No, I'm trying to think of the... I, I like playing... I'm trying to think of the ones that you really like. Better than Star Wars? Mmm... Star Wars, Better is, than, Star Wars is good. Oh, what's that other one that you really liked? Better than Pirates? Okay. Pi- one time I think you said Pirates has the best no, score no, no, ever. No, 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 no. Pirate, the score, not so much. That one song, the He's a Pirate, dun, 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 that's one of the best tracks. Well, that was fun playing. It was fun playing that. That's too. one of the best tracks in any movie, for sure. But I don't know about the whole score. I could not tell you another song from Pirates. The Incredibles, that whole score is just, I almost said Incredible. Uh, no. Harry oh, Potter has the best score. He also did Cars, too. Okay. In Harry Potter, do one more song other than din, 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 din. do another track. Add something wicked this week. Nope. No, that doesn't count. You do another actual track. <laughs> oh, he did Ratatouille also. He did Ratatouille, like Inside Out, <laughs> Up, Cars 2, uh, Zootopia is not okay, like I said. Zootopia is not Pixar, but he did that. John Carter, he's done a lot of Disney stuff. Tomorrowland, uh, he did Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. All right, I get it. Which means that he just did the, he just redid one of the another one of the best scores. I'm just saying that's high praise for me because you always talk about me up. The Avengers score. The Avengers, I like the Avengers score, yeah, but it's not it's not as good as the Incredibles. Incredibles. Oh, da 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 I have that on Inside Out too. It was my ringtone for a while, yeah. I like that one too. Sorry, we're gonna talk about Corella. Um because the Corella trailer dropped and Caleb asked us our thoughts on it, so I figured we'd just talk about it on here. Did everybody watch the trailer for Corella, the upcoming film about the origin of Cruella Deville? Yes. Yeah, everybody watched it. What did everybody think of it? I'm excited. <clears throat> I like villains. I don't really care for Corilla, but I like villains. So, I'm excited. I think it looks good. I think that it looks interesting. I like what they did with the character. And I think that it looks better than Maleficent. Um, Can't look worse. <laughs> I, was like, I, I think you're wrong on that one but okay well okay like i was telling matt i kind of i like that they're doing a live action movie and like the entire thing isn't cgi 
like I there's like a lot of people and like there's you know actual they're actually somewhere versus well, yeah, like I mean, Aladdin and Maleficent. I mean, Corella's a human. Not, yeah, Corella's a human. I assume when her dre- and, dress gets lit on fire, that's probably CGI. Yeah, and, the I, movie, I, and the movie counterpart. Are I understand. I'm just so, saying. I'm tired of looking at mostly C- like Aladdin and Maleficent. I'm tired of looking at mostly CGI, and this one looked a little bit more like uh, actual set pieces, actual designs, actual costumes, not just a bunch of. Go on. Not she's not standing in front of a green screen the whole time. So I, I like it for that, and I also like that it kind of has like this like like she has like a Harley Quinn like Suicide Squad. That's feel. what it, it reminds me most of Joker. It reminds yeah. me of like they're trying That's to they're trying to be it's Disney's Joker. She's like about anarchy. She's like damaged or whatever, and like even down to the point where like I think the Joker one of the trailers for Joker the movie from a couple years ago has like text flashing on the screen like one word at a time like it does yeah. in this trailer where it says whatever it says i don't remember i mean i'm fine i'm fine with that like that's that's just kind of like if it's they're just playing on a trend that other movies were doing i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it looks good and i'm interested and i really i've been a fan of emma stone for a very 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 long time like i love her so i think she's going to do great and i i'm excited to see her in like a as like a bad guy because she always plays kind of like she always plays her quirky self but she's always it's always she's in like a lot of romantic comedies and stuff so i'm i'm excited to see her evolve a little bit and do like a different character <laughs> evolve. i'm sure uh, as an actress i'm sure she will do fine i just don't see the appeal of a cruella Deville movie of all the villains first of all i don't want any more of these i don't i don't maleficent's terrible i don't want any more of these but if you're gonna an origin story the yes. live action disney movies mm, let's do neither, both <laughs> neither of them are gonna stop so that's, that's... Oh, you better just get used to it both 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 is good um that's but i mean of all the villains okay cruella you've never even seen that movie Road to El Dorado? A uh, Road to El Dorado? We oh, watched wait, it oh, together. Yeah, I made you watch it. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna, yes, well, I, I did. Was like, at some point, you hadn't watched it. I've seen it. I'm just it. saying, you're quoting a movie oh. you haven't even seen. I've seen it. And you've only seen it once. That was, anyway, it's gone. That was, that was before DreamWorks was good. Why? Why? Uh, I like that movie. That movie's, yeah, that movie's really good. That movie's fine. Um, Back to this movie. I want to <laughs> bitch about this. Um, The thing with oh. Cruella specifically is that, like, uh, she doesn't come off as a character that, like, was ever wronged or anything. Her whole villain story is that. I'm obsessed with fashion. I'm mad for fashion. I want to kill these dogs for fashion. Like, her whole villain shtick is that she wants to... She kidnaps and kills puppies. Like, that's her whole thing. Like, whereas... An example of a character that you maybe could actually expand a backstory on is somebody like Ursula, who they suggest that she once lived in the, like, castle. Like, she once had a position... Maybe not a position of power, but she at least maybe had a some kind of friendship with Triton and, like, has a backstory that they could potentially flesh out. I don't necessarily want that either, but I feel like there's more there than there is for Cruella, given the source material. Like, how are we going to get Cruella to the point where she wants to kill puppies, and why are we supposed to root for her up to that point? Like, it just seems like the like kind how of... how do you make her sympathetic? Yes, like, how do you make a villain that whole deal is... I kill animals for sport and to wear them. Like, how do you make that character sympathetic? Like, that's my whole thing. Like, I think there are other Disney villains, even classic Disney villains. Like, you could do... I think Maleficent was a decent choice. I don't really like the direction they went with that one where she's not really evil. I don't really like that. But, like, Captain Hook. You could do a Captain Hook origin movie. Like, how did he get to that point? Like, I don't know. I think Cruella's just a weird 
choice. Like, I think they just picked her because, like, she's into fashion and they can make her put her in a lot of outfits and, like, I don't know, that appeals to someone. Me. Sell a bunch of Cruella dolls to children. I don't know. know. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's fair, 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 um, concerns to have. I just, I don't know. I think it looked good. It surprised me. I definitely think it's for, um, people like Brady. (laughs) What does that mean? Does Brady like fashion? (laughs) No. I mean villain fans. I assume that's what you meant by the way she said it. Yeah, it's like I was I was confused on what that meant. I think it's for it's fan service for vil, uh, villain fans. But she's not a good villain. I think she's a great villain. I just don't need to know her backstory. Sometimes a villain can just be a villain, right? Like, yeah, like the reason so the reason they did Maleficent was because she's one of the most popular villains. I would you argue she is a- the most popular villain. <laughs> Maleficent, yeah. not not Christ. yes, exactly. Whereas. They could have gave us somebody else who's up there that's popular. Like I think Krell's pretty popular. I, I would say Hades out of all of them because we've already seen Jafar and Scar. Uh, okay, they're not going to make. Well, they're not going to make a movie about I mean, the literal so. devil, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the part of the choosing the the villain specifically means that they wanted to go with something that they have no plans to make a live action about the hero. Yes. And, like, Hercules is going to get a movie. The Little Mermaid is getting a movie. Like, all those other, like, a lot of the main ones. Peter Pan. Yeah, exactly. They're getting live-action movies. So, what you don't want to pick the villain, and then, otherwise, you have to make the two go hand-in-hand. And the way that Maleficent went, and the way that Cruella may go as well, you can't really tie the two together, like... You know, so I think that's why we yeah. are ended up with Corella because they already made a live action under one definitions. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh yeah, that's she's exactly great. what they're doing because. Oh yeah, Glenn Close. Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna do anything with the Dalmatians. All the other really popular villains, they're all getting main movies. Well, they'll be featured in their heroes movie. Yeah, right. And some exactly. of, and some of them are getting backstories. The Gaston show is a prequel, which I don't feel that we need for Gaston either. And oh, I forgot about Gaston. And The Lion King 2 is going to be like part prequel, so I'm sure we'll get stuff with Scar in there. If it's about Mufasa, it's also got to be about Scar. So like I guess they are diving into the backstories of some of these villains. They gave Jafar like a weird sort of backstory and basically like we're gonna they wanted to go back and hit all their most popular most iconic movies most profitable movies (laughs) right and with dalmatians it's like there are we already did that and they obviously probably didn't have any interest in doing it again um so they were like let's do you know kind of like more of a what is it called an ensemble is that is that what I'm thinking of? Is that mm, ensemble word? is when there's a lot of like cast. I don't oh, think okay. I don't think this is well, like a big. You know, it's it's more so like they pick a, a good actress and they're like run with it. You know, so I it's just a, feel it's like it's a Emma Stone vehicle is what it is. Yes, she's she's driving the production. exactly exactly. You know, you pick a big name and you're just like go for it. Do your thing. Is this one coming to Disney Plus or I don't remember? No, right? You know, it's very vague. It just says no. It's theaters it just says may but there's there's no way no there's no it way it doesn't say anything it just says when it's coming out the date it doesn't say if it's going to theaters or if it's going on disney plus i think they're i think they're waiting they're waiting yeah. to see how things get and then this one they'll drop and they'll hold black widow for the hundredth time 
how many times can we say Black Widow on this Black podcast? On this every day, every episode until it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Essentially, God, um, I'm. I was gonna say, um, I have to wonder how many more of like. Well, I guess they already have Pinocchio and Peter Pan in production, but I was going to say, like, of the really, really older ones that they were going to do, because, like, Dumbo was not a hit. Nobody gave a shit about Dumbo. And, like, that's. I like Dumbo. Did you watch it? No, no. I, I haven't seen it because I don't care. But all the, like, oh, all the big hits are the ones from the 90s Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Those are their three biggest hits of those. Of those movies. Alice in Wonderland made a lot of money because it was Tim Burton. That was before all this shit started. The first Maleficent made a lot of money, but then the second one made no money. So, like, and then Dumbo made no money. Mm-hmm. So, like, is Cruella going to do well, even if it is just on Disney Plus? Is Peter Pan going to do well? Is Pinocchio going to do well? Do anybody care? I feel like, I, <laughs> I don't feel think like anybody's going to care about fucking Pinocchio. I, Definitely not will. me. I ain't seen it. <laughs> Nikki will watch Pinocchio uh, twenty times, especially not from Robert saying, Robert Zemeckis, Mister. I, uh, I, I mean, unless mocap they, himself like, change it drastically, kind of like that, like Cruella, like this. The trailer, it's it, it's a it's a movie where the movie, the actual movie, took place in what the twenties, but it looks kind of modern. It has like a stylish like look to it. I don't know if it's twenties. I feel like it might be. 50s. I think it is the twenties. I, I thought it was the forties. Well, oh, it's the forties. No, young. Oh, so maybe it is the twenties. Yeah, when she would be young. Wait, are you wait? What are, what are we talking about? What's the twenties? <laughs> We're talking about when one hundred run Dalmatians takes place. It's yes, it's the Roaring Twenties. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, the movie came out in the sixties, so I thought maybe it was just modern. There's like cars and stuff and telephones. Right. Well, what I'm saying is that like well, cars TVs. came out in the first Ford came out in thirteen. Well, when did the first okay. TV? When did the first TV come out? Because they're watching the K9. So they're season. changing it. They're changing. That I'm not sure. Because it says on the description for the movie, it says 1970s. Oh. Oh, then they are changing it because that's yeah. definitely not when the first movie is. No, so, it, like it makes you wonder. Oh. It must be following. The she must be Glenn Close because that um, hundred and one Dalmatians takes place in the present day, right? Yes. Well, I'm sure she's not supposed to be Glenn Close. They're probably like, well, we can just make a sequel <laughs> if it performs well, right? But it's more so in the the years connecting to the. It looks older than the 70s in the movie, doesn't it? It looks like the car that she was driving was... Yeah, but that's a classic car. That's the same car that she drives in the movie, though. Yeah. It's her car. Yeah, it's her iconic car. A car that they have in the seventies. It's a car that you can have in the seventies. People still have that kind of car now. Oh, what are you talking right. about? I don't know. It says that um, Glenn Close is serving as an ex- executive producer for it, so that's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, I well, like I was saying, I was just trying to say, like, unless they really do something to the story for Pinocchio, like, I just don't think people are going to care. Like, it's a little bit different with like Peter Pan. Like Peter Pan, even aside from the Disney history of it, is very like a beloved character. Like, I think people would go see that no matter what. But like, are people really going to go see Pinocchio? Like, are people going to care about Pinocchio? I, I that, I'm asking that as like a genuine question. I don't know. They've made a million Pinocchio movies, so I don't know. Oh. Um, I have to wonder, do you, does this whole live action Disney reboot experience, experiment, does it all hinge on the Little Mermaid? 
Does the, yes. Whether the Little Mermaid makes money and is good or not. Wait, are does, you talking about for me personally? Or I mean, <laughs> for for Disney, is the if the Little Mermaid is a success, does this continue? If it fails, does it stop? One hundred and ten percent. Literally, if the Little Mermaid is one received poorly or two doesn't make any money, all these finally just start to drop off. Budgets go lower. They become Disney Plus originals. Like I am, I'm, I'm telling you that 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 the uh, they're from the moment that um, the Lion King and Aladdin came out. The um, what do you call it? The the time. The timer was ticking. Like it's just a matter of time before these start. They all made a lot of money, profitable. though. I know, and that's why they keep going. But I'm telling, you, I think Aladdin you, made more I money would, than they even expected. Right. I'm. I, and what I'm saying is, I agree. If the Little Mermaid, and I'm telling you, the Little Mermaid is going to do terrible, because are you sure all the other ones they've done every those four movies, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. Those are inarguably the Disney movies. They are the four Disney movies that everybody of our age group looks to and is like, those are the ones. Those are the best ones. All three of the other ones have already come out and have made over a billion dollars. You're going to tell me that The Little Mermaid is going to be the one that fails. Okay, so here's the thing. The Little Mermaid is going to make a lot of money, but I think it's going to be received poorly. I don't think the cast looks good. I don't think the technology is there for underwater. I don't think that they can re- I don't think that they can redo the story in a way that it's going to be like great for modern audiences because of course we don't really want that story to be like you know like you got to change the story. I think they know that too. I think between all those things, I think that the reception is just not going to be there and it's going to be the down the start after. So maybe the little mermaid makes money, but whatever comes right after that, that's when people are going to stop paying so much attention and throwing money at every live action fairy tale that comes that disney's been putting out i think next would be peter pan wouldn't it no i think peter pan and, i think peter pan and pinocchio are next yeah well it's gonna really drop at pinocchio because i'm <laughs> well they've got like a million in development they're supposed to be doing hercules they're supposed to be doing the lion king 2 yeah. they're supposed to be aladdin 2 they're supposed to be hunchback of notre dame uh it's rumors of all kinds of them so and that's what i'm saying like as time goes on they're gonna start to dwindle down i think as long as they stop before they start making live action Pixar remakes, I'm good. <laughs> I, don't think I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about oh CGI live action Toy Story. I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think they would do that. I, I don't think Pixar would let them. Yeah. I, oh, I guess technically that's what Lightyear is. <laughs> well, Lightyear's not live action though. I guess Toy Story wouldn't either, but I'm saying like Andy's a real person, and then they have like realistic look. I I oh, I shudder to think. <laughs> He's gonna have nightmares about it now. I already am. Chris Hemsworth is Woody. Oh no. <laughs> Chris Evans is already buzzed, so I had to pick a different. No, they would still be. They would still be um, CGI. Yeah. It would only be Andy and the humans that are No, they would be CGI, life. but they would, like, look realistic. They would, like, look like real people. Right. And they'd be creepy and terrifying. All right, let's go into the movie. We are going to be doing our featured film discussion on Red Tails. Spoiler warning for Red Tails. And Nikki wanted me to say a content warning because uh, this, is a, this is a movie about World War II. 
So we will be talking about some violent things. We will be talking about some racial things. We will be talking about Nazis. So if any of those things you don't like, thank you for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Or you can just skip to our verdicts. The timestamp is in the bottom. So... Uh, spoilers for Red Tails. We're going to read the description. A breathtaking... Oh, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Cat jumped on me. I didn't even see the baby come upstairs. The baby's not upstairs. The cat jumped uh, on me. The cat sounded like a baby. Why'd the cat sound like a baby? <laughs> oh, you sounded like a baby. A video, a video started playing on my phone. Oh my lord, Nick. Uh, we're keeping it in. <laughs> All right, Red Tails. A breathtaking tribute to the unsung heroes who rose above extraordinary challenges and ultimately soared into history. Italy, 1944. As the war takes its toll on Allied forces in Europe, a squadron of black pilots known as the Tuskegee Airmen are finally given the chance to prove themselves in the sky, even as they battle discrimination on the ground. Released in 2012. Directed by Anthony Hemingway, starring Terrence Howard, Cuba Gooding Jr., Nate Parker, David Oelowo, I don't know how to pronounce his name, I'm sorry, David, and Tristan Wilds, as well as like a million others, Anthony Anthony B. Jordan, Neo, uh, Michael, B. Michael Jordan. B. Jordan, I said he, the, one of the other people was Anthony, Neo, Neo, Les, Leslie Odom, I think, Leslie in Odom's it. in it for like a minute, um, yeah, see, I never saw him. Yeah. Oh, no, he speaks when they're, like, in the room. Like, uh, he's the one who, like... Oh, he was in the room where it happened? <laughs> yes, he was, he was yeah. the one who caused the room where it happened. He had the piece of, the, like, newspaper article newspaper. where they were going to shut down the... They were going to shut down their um, their division. Like, he was the one who I'm brought gonna... the news. Oh, okay, I do remember that. I'm gonna so, but that was the, the only time he was seen? No. Uh, you can see him in the background a couple times. Yeah. I don't think he was ever well. in a plane, though. I don't ever remember seeing him fly. They show him in a plane for, like, a split second. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm gonna click on the um, Wikipedia thing so that we can find out how to say David's name correctly. Oh, how to pronounce his name? <laughs> because he is the main character, right? So yeah, he's one of them. He's yeah. lightning. He's lightning. Okay, let me see. Um, I opened the Wikipedia as well because there's some things I wanted to read on here. Oh, I thought I'm... I was gonna. Oh, here we go. Oh man, it's not plain. It's just taking me to the dialect. It's all right. We're sorry, David. I'll look it up later. Oh, yeah, It's okay. He's a, he's a Star Wars voice actor. That's all we need to know. Oh, who's he voice? Uh, Aid, uh, Callus in Rebels. Oh, really? Interesting. Because he looked familiar, so I had to look it up to see who he was, and that was, like, one of the only roles I knew him as, so I don't know why he looked familiar, because he's a voice actor. Oh, he was in Selma? Hmm. Yeah, he played his... Oh, he was um... in Light Miss? Sure. <laughs> Wait, was that a, uh, what's it called? Uh... I don't know. That's fascinating that he plays. Ca- that's fascinating that he plays Callus. Callus is Callus is very white. What is Lame? <laughs> that's what I thought. I had to think of who Callus was again. I'm like, Callus is the dude with the really good beard line. I know it. Oh, it's Lame is <laughs> the British TV series. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Uh, Callus is the guy with the mutton chops. Like he's got like yeah. huge sideburns. Yeah. He's yeah. He's a very 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 white character. So it's interesting that he's voiced by. Wait, I mean, that's fine, but, like, why wouldn't they just make the character black? Anyway, um, <laughs> like, really? Like, there's so few black characters in Star Wars. You couldn't have, you got a black voice and whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, now I'm irritated. Um, because I like that character a lot. Red Tails. Let's talk about Red Tails. It is um, a war movie about planes and race. <laughs> it is about race. Um, uh, well, it's about the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen. 
training program. Yes. Um, I'm really glad that we got this movie because it was like actually black history. Um, and it gave you a little bit of insight to like them and how they felt and how they were treated at the time, which I think is crazy because like literally like it's just insane to me that even though these men were were willing to enlist in the army and fight for their country, they were still treated like absolute garbage. And, like, literally, they thought that they were too stupid to pass, like, uh, pilot exams and stuff like that. Like, that just, it blows my mind. Um, yeah. It was the the 40s, of course. Um, It's also wanted to note that just because this movie is on Disney Plus, this is not a Disney movie. It does have some ties to uh, George Lucas, but it's not. It's not a Disney movie. Just so it's a Fox film, right? Just wanted to. I just wanted to say it's not a Disney movie. It's a Lucas film. Fox distributed distributed it, but Lucasfilm owned it because George Lucas put up his own money to make this movie. Right. This was a he passion project for, of his. He had tried for, for years. many, many years. Wasn't it like 10 years or something? Yeah, no. Oh, George Lucas yeah, began oh, developing wow. Red Tails around 1988. And it came out in 2012. Yeah, that's wow. because nobody wanted to make it. <laughs> that's insane. So he uh, basically financed it himself. It says he yeah, so- put up his own money, right? Yeah, Lucas yeah. covered the cost of production with his own money and provided a further U.S. $35 million for distribution. <laughs> So Fox basically didn't distribute it. He just paid them to distribute this it. This just gives me a lot of respect for him because it's like the film and media is so against making movies with black people, much less a full black cast. And, um, you know, he was like, you know what? I made all this money. And he was like, I'm going to put money into a project that, you know, other people that that wouldn't get made otherwise. So I just I have a lot of respect for him for that. And it was something that he was trying to do for years. So I'm sure. Yeah, it says that um, Rick McCollum did an interview talking about the movie. So he produced it with George Lucas. Um, He said that he did an interview and he said, when I first started working with George, he told me about the story and the initial plan was to make this epic three or four hour movie. We started, we wanted to start in the United States and show the full racism these guys had to go through. The go to, then go to the heroic story that we're telling now and then come back and do the beginning of the civil rights movement. But it was so, but it was just so unwidely. And also at the time, there was no way to have a roadshow three hour movie in American cinemas. Every epic film had been a financial disaster, and we felt there wasn't an audience we could get the film out to. Then we got heavily into Young Indiana Jones, which ran for three or four years, then the Star Wars special editions and the prequels. But throughout, we did continue talking. However, once we finished episode three, we decided to go back and meet people in the black community. Basically, what it came down to was they couldn't get this movie off the ground, and they got tied up in other obligations with Star Wars and an Indiana Jones TV show. And eventually they decided that this was a story worth telling and they came back to it. Um, did, did young Indiana Jones ever actually come out? I don't remember. That. That's a TV series. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say it. I just read that it ran for <laughs> 1992 to 1993. So a year. I don't, I don't remember it. Wow. Okay. So this movie was not a financial success. It also was not a critical success. So much to, 
even though George put a lot of effort into getting it made, it ultimately, I don't want to say it was for nothing because it's a good movie, but it's, I mean, it's a little, I'm sure it sucked when the movie came out and underperformed at the box office because he was working on it for so long. Like, that had to have sucked. But uh, let's talk about uh, the movie itself. What did we all think of the movie itself? I thought it was really good. I really liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was... I, I don't like war movies. Um, I do. <laughs> that's, that's not really my thing. And I would not go out of my way to watch them. I watched one that fucked me up a couple years ago. I don't remember what it was, but it was just so sad. And I was just like, nope, not my thing. Was it Saving Private Ryan? No, it wasn't. You know what? What Maybe it was oh. Pearl Harbor. I actually think that one's also that one also will tear you. Yeah, up. that oh, one tears me up with how bad it is. Um, Atonement is not a war movie; <laughs> it's a romance. Oh no! <laughs> but, but that one too. He like goes to war. That one. Oh my god, that yeah. one messed me up too. So maybe not, that's the one I'm thinking of. But anyways, oh my god, I remember when we first watched that. Did we watch it together? Yeah. Okay. I was like, that sounds familiar too. But oh man, that I know it's so sad yeah oh but anyways so sad i don't really care for uh these types of movies um but watching it with all of these amazing actors um was like really it was really i felt like i was there you know i felt like i was part of the group i felt like i was one of the pilots i felt like it put you in there and i feel like the way that they had them like converse with each other was so telling of like the time because that's kind of how it was it's like you were a black man trying to do right by your country but you have all these people who just don't believe in you who don't think you're shit who think you're stupid but like look at how happy and you know how good they were to each other and how much they like looked out for each other and like the community feel which is kind of like something that's telling of like uh black people in general like I feel like that's just kind of a thing that just how they are and I really enjoyed those scenes in the movie and those are my favorite things and the things that I that hit me um you know in the feels so I liked that a lot and that... Um, Should we mention that you're black before you say things like, that's how they are? <laughs> I think they know, but okay. Um, and yeah, so, but that's just... Yeah, I was like, have we not established that before? <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's, that was just something that I I mean, no, like. why would it... Oh, yeah, I guess never mind. Yeah, because uh, we established it in during Beauty and the Beast when Matthew made the... Somebody made a sexuality joke yeah she no it was made the statement it wasn't a sexuality i don't know what it was anyway um i was gonna say that i agree with you that i think the like banter between them the like dialogue between them is the best part of this it's movie. very natural too yes but i was gonna say that you were worried about this movie fucking you up emotionally and ultimately only two characters die mm -hmm. which is something that it kind of got flack for from historians and like members of the actual tuskegee um Program. program because they actually ended up losing a total of 66 pilots in the actual war so yeah. this movie as much as it does dive into some serious issues and it is about war and it is about race i feel like in the end it's kind of a happy story yeah. like it, it could have dove into some of those things more it could have been a much more serious drama than it is. I think it is serious. I think it tackles some serious things. But I feel like compared to a lot of war movies, it's it's more on the happier side. And I think that that's a deliberate 
I think that's a deliberate thing because they wanted to show these African-American men like as people like they yeah. wanted to show them as people. They didn't want it to just be like, well, they're going to be heroes, but 60 of them are going to die. Like yeah. they wanted to show them not as heroes that got their re- that were recognized and were celebrated and like it was supposed to be like a happier it's a fictionalized history is yeah, what this movie they is. wanted to focus on the things that they did right versus the overall the tragedy loss. yeah the tragedy exactly the tragic parts of it which which i, I mean think, it kind of goes hand in, i mean it's a war so and i think course. that might have attributed to some of its negative reception from like critics and stuff is that like well you're presenting us a war movie but it's not like a super heavy war movie. It is still like a fantasy, fantasy, and it war focuses movie. a lot on the planes and the flying and stuff like that. It focuses a lot on the characters, yeah, and the characters and stuff. So I mean, I, I, I don't mind that. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think that you should. Like, that's why I don't like war movies, because, like, I don't want to walk away from it seeing, like, all this, like, tragedy and sadness and, like, you know, so a lot of times in those movies, somebody gets hurt and they got to drag them halfway back, you know, or halfway through the movie. And it's just, it's it's sad. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, it wasn't exactly, but I feel like they're not trying to, that's not the part of the story that they want to tell. They wanted to tell the story that, you know, these men were good at what they were doing, despite the fact that they thought they were too stupid to fly planes. So, right. Makes sense. And I think they're all very likable. They all have good chemistry together. There's a few line deliveries that are a little iffy. Some of the (laughs) some of the characters, uh, including some of the black characters, but most of the white characters in this movie, the delivery is so horrible. (laughs) Like, I don't know what dubbed over. Yeah. Like they're like, like delivery is really weird. Um, I, yeah, they're not very good actors. No, they are not. I, like, I almost wonder if it was a conscious decision to make the black actors look even better by giving horrible white actors, with the exception of Brian Cranston, who was only in two scenes. Well, I don't. I know that was so weird. It might not have been that they were trying to do to trying to have bad actors, but I think they definitely made a conscious point as to not have any headliners that were white. Yeah. This so was, these are just extras. Yeah. These are just guys that they were like, "Hey, you want a few lines?" Like that's yeah. Not I, not anybody. They're gonna. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be white pilot one. You know. Yeah. Like, I do have a few small criticisms. I do think. How dare you? I do <laughs> think that they there's a few things that they try to tackle in this movie that they don't succeed in entirely. The main thing that I'm thinking of is uh, our main. The like captain of the 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 red tails is this guy. He goes by Easy, and he's an alcoholic. Basically, he drinks to get by. Like he says that this is how I get through the war. You have your ways, I have mine. I drink to get through the war, and his drinking is kind of a conflict towards the end of the movie. But I feel like they should have set up a little. I think so. There's a part in this movie where Junior, who is a young pilot. He gets really injured in one of their like excursions and he loses sight in his left eye and he wants to go back up in the air, but he's not supposed to because, you know, he's not fit for flying. He doesn't have all of his sight and easy convinces the doctor to let him go back up into the sky. And during this, he ends up getting into a really bad um, uh, fight with one of the Nazis. He ends up parachuting down and gets caught by a Nazi camp because he can't see because he can't see. Right. So this 
I feel like this should be a moment where Easy is like, this is my fault. Like, I let I I was a pushover. I let him back into the air. This kid now has been captured by the Nazis because of me. And he gets into a fight with Lightning about this. Lightning blames him for it. And he's like, I did all I could do. And like, to a certain extent, yes, he did. When he was in the air, he did do everything that he could do. But I feel like I think this should have happened earlier in the movie. And I think that Easy should have been having that weight on his shoulders the whole time to grow more as a character. He never overcomes his alcoholism. No, he doesn't. At no, the very end yeah. of the movie, he is still drinking. We yeah. see him drink after the big fight. Yeah. Like, I feel like if they let this kid get captured sooner. But the closing scene is him dumping out the bottle oh, of whiskey. You're right. That's true. But I feel like. But that's... he doesn't really have any repercussions for his actions. No, he doesn't. And, no. and and even the part where Terrence he goes to Terrence Howard and tells Terrence Howard like this is what I did. He's just like man up, blah blah blah. Like, and I felt like he didn't he didn't he didn't have to suffer for anything. All that really happened to him is he drank before they went into the air on the right. last one, and then Lightning ends up Dead. getting killed. But Lightning, I, I mean, he got I, himself killed. Yeah, it wasn't he got easy it. It wasn't anything easy. Did directly but he doesn't really have to face any consequences so there's not really a lot of character development there i don't right i just think if you're going to make alcoholism an important part of this man's story it should have been an important part of this man's story or have some closure to it yes i I think that the thing with junior should have happened earlier in the movie junior should have been gone for a lot of the movie and there's a point in towards the end of the movie where we think Junior's dead. He ends up coming back at the end, which is, you know, a little iffy. I think that we should have thought he was dead sooner. Mm-hmm. And Easy should have been like, this is my fault. I need to overcome this. Maybe even then Easy's at the, like, he's down on his ropes. He's like, I don't want to fly anymore. And then he has the conversation with the colonel, with Terrence Howard's character. And then it would have more weight. Instead, it's just kind of like... Easy's just like in this basically it all happens in one scene where he's like well I'm gonna go tell the colonel that I don't feel fit and then the colonel like tells him he's fine but like like you said he never faces any repercussions like mm-hmm. maybe if there was a half hour before this movie where or before the scene where suddenly he's like maybe I shouldn't be doing this like maybe I shouldn't blah 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 and then he finally comes clean and then Terrence Howard like talk I don't know I just so I felt like that was handled sloppily I feel like no I agree I, I think th- that he just didn't have to he didn't get his kind of not what it, what he deserved, but he just didn't he didn't grow as a character so much. He just like Brady said, he just stopped drinking. He just drank. Yeah, I think there should have been a character be like I don't want to say like somebody should have died earlier, but I feel like somebody should have died earlier to <laughs> sort of like you yeah. know make his story feel more complete. Yeah, yeah, because he wasn't even like um, it's not like his alcoholism really like damaged his flying right well that's why i think that it should have been his alcoholism gets somebody else's killed kid somebody else killed which it which he thinks it does like his bad decisions are what he's trying to overcome so like it shouldn't be something that directly affects him like he shouldn't be the one who gets hurt or gets in a crash or whatever it should be somebody else that he is trying to help that gets so that it that grief that that weight of his decision decision weighs on him yeah. So that he grows more as a character. Because him being him drinking didn't necessarily have any effect on um why he let Junior back in the air. He just did it because he because he asked him to and because he loves flying. So Right. And because it was the, like he was drunk when he talked to the surgeon or something like that. Yeah. 
Right. And because there's so many characters in this movie, I feel like a lot of them don't get the development that they should. And it is an ensemble movie. It is supposed to be about them as a group. And that's fine. Like even Lightning, I feel like he his story, like his revelation comes literally seconds before he died. Yeah. He says, I screwed up. Like, because mm-hmm. Easy had been yelling at him the whole time that you're too hot-headed, you go into situations without thinking, and he doesn't realize this literally until his situation gets him killed. Very literally. Yeah. His situation, his his attitude gets him killed, and that's when he comes to his, like, come to Jesus m- moment where he realizes what his problem was, and then he's dead two seconds later. Like, I feel like we could have introduced things sooner for these characters to overcome. Yeah. And, like... And it's not even necessarily that I think you need that, but if you're going to introduce these things, like you're going to introduce the alcoholism, you're going to introduce uh, lightning stubbornness, like then they have to be character defects that they overcome. Otherwise, just make it a war movie about good characters, like overcoming like racism. <laughs> like, why yeah. couldn't that have been like, I don't, I, it's to make the characters feel more real, which is fine, but I don't know. I felt like those two things in particular, I feel like they could have done a little bit better. And like you said, it's kind of like they're the only two that had like much of a storyline. All the other with. ones are just like they're kind of just like not. Uh, they have a setting. lot of personalities, yes. but they don't a personality, but they don't have like storylines or character development and stuff. And it's like I would kind of rather them have, like you said, like I could have done with a few less scenes of Lightning and his Italian girlfriend. If I met, I could have seen some of the other characters' backstory. Like they kind of introduced Michael B. Jordan as like a character that's like new or you know new the new kid and stuff like that, and it. It didn't really, like, go anywhere, and then he kind of just dies. Yeah, so Michael B. Jordan... But it's like, you don't care, because you kind of... He's just a new kid. He only had two lines before this. Michael B. Jordan gets killed in the final fight, right? Which is the same fight that Lightning gets killed in. And then the whole rest of the movie is about how great Lightning was, and how it's tragic that Lightning died. And we're not even talking about Maurice, Michael Michael B. Jordan's character. And it just... It reminds me of Tony Stark and (laughs) Black Widow Widow dying in Endgame, where the whole rest of the movie is about how... Tony Stark is a hero, and poor Natasha is just dead. <laughs> Two characters just talked about them on the side for like five seconds. Right, and I know that it's not Michael B. Jordan's movie, but it's just weird that he has a visible death scene and it's never commented on again. No, it's not. It's yeah, it's kind of weird. I think they could have cut some of the other stuff to balance more of the whole cast, the cast as a whole, for sure. You know what else I want? I'm I'm sorry that I'm still going to I'm still criticizing. I want to make it clear that I like this movie. I think it's good. I like I like the banter. I think the airfare stuff, like the stuff in the air, is really fun. Um, lots of Nazis die. Love that. Um, <laughs> but what I wanted, I was going to criticize that. Um, I was the stuff with Junior again. I wish that he would have got, like I said, I wish he would have got captured sooner because then they could have done more stuff with him in that bunker in the bunker with like all those guys yes so when junior gets captured he's in a he's thrown into a nazi like prison area with a bunch of other captured americans and they specifically want him in there because they know he's not a nazi spy because he's black so he's not a german like nazi aryan guy so they come up with this plan to like get out But there's only like two scenes. There's a scene of him like first going in there and then there's a scene of them like making the plan and enacting the plan. I feel like if they would have started him getting captured at the beginning of the movie, this could have been the B plot where he grows a relationship with these guys. They learn to respect him as a person, not just as a black person, but as a person. And then when he sacrifices himself at the end for them, it makes more sense. Instead, there's just two scenes where they're sort of talking to each other. I agree with that. Yeah. And then they tell him to go underneath. (laughs) Yes. 
they they say it's they say like good thing they won't see you in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But otherwise, like I said, I think this movie's good. I think the acting is great. The stack, the casting is stacked. It's just a stacked cast. Just so many good actors in this, and uh, the actual like war stuff is good. Mm-hmm. I do feel like Brian Cranston maybe should have got his comeuppance. Like his last scene is him saying something really racist, and then <laughs> he's never seen again. <laughs> like yeah. I know. Now I'm like, why do I all of a sudden not like Brian Cranston? <laughs> Because his last scene was him being a racist, and then he never gets his just desserts. He's kind of a shithead in uh, the movie, or the show that he was in, too. I think Brian Cranston is secretly a bad person. No, he just plays a bad person. Have you ever seen him on Malcolm in the Middle? He is a goofball on that show. Which is why the turn to Heisenberg is so weird. Right. Um, I want to read off of the Wikipedia about the history accuracy sure it's been criticized for not being uh, historically accurate but they've i feel like they've made it clear that it's sort of a fictionalized history but sure go ahead yeah so it says that the red tails portrays largely fictional events based on the exploits of the tuskegee airmen although many viewers were left with the impression that the film was entirely historically accurate which most films aren't so i don't know where they got that idea <laughs> right most a series of Three webinars entitled Tuskegee Airmen Webinars was the movie accurate, sponsored by the commemor I don't know how to say this word. Commemorative Air Force Red Tail Squadron, surviving Tuskegee Airmen, Colonel Charles McGee and Colonel Harold Harold Brown provided perspective related to the film's interpretation. Although discussions as to use of as to use of equipment and dates were mentioned, there three claims made in the film were the most continuous. The, ma- the number of losses suffered by bomber crews under escort, the encounters with Luftwaffe jet fighters, and the overall record established by the Tuskegee Airmen. According to period records, it was long believed that the Tuskegee Airmen did not lose a single bomber due to enemy fire, a statement made by a bomber pilot in the film. However, this claim has been proven inaccurate and an Air Force report from 2006 showed that at least 25 bombers were lost to enemy fire. As depicted in the climactic scene, the Luftwaffe 262 interception of a Tuskegee Airmen escort mission did not result in the first victory over the vaunted jet fighters, credited to another U.S. unit much earlier in the war. The film also states in the epilogue that the Tuskegee Airmen established one of the best fighter records in the U.S. Air Force. The film notes correctly that 96 distinguished flying crosses were awarded to the unit and 66 Tuskegee Airmen were killed in action. Officially, however, the Tuskegee Airmen did not produce a single fighter pilot ace, although Lee Archer's record is still in dispute. Yeah, and it says something about um, how they didn't like that they made the colonel, like, stay behind and have like a desk job when in reality he was often up there fighting with yeah. with them because especially back then when you were a colonel or a captain or like a high high ranking officer in the army you had to be trained for like combat yes you had to know how to fight in combat because it was all hands on deck at a certain point so mm-hmm. yeah. he was often up there with them which uh, would have been cool. I mean, Terrence Howard and Cuba Gooding Jr. are great actors, and they just kind of hang out back home <laughs> the whole time. Um, ah, there was something else that I wanted to say. 
Oh, I like um, that scene where you were talking about where they're like defending the bombers and like when the bombers first get there, they're like upset because it's like, oh, blacks, they're not going to be able to, ugh, they're awful. And then they protect them and they're like, wow, that was the best flying I ever seen. I liked that that had actual like um, growth for those like uh, bomber pilots because they later meet them at the bar in Italy and they're like, they at first the the red tails they think that it's going to be like a confrontation because earlier in the movie lightning got in a confrontation that he could have avoided for no reason <laughs> yeah he, really he got went in there for no reason yeah he went into an all-white uh bar expecting to not be treated like shit got treated like shit and then uh punched a guy out like not to uh, they shouldn't have uh treated him that way like obviously but like mm, he kind of knew what he was walking into call them the N-word. yeah he kind of knew what he was walking into but anyway they go back to that same bar later and like they think there's going to be a confrontation because the white uh army guys they like call him over and then they're like that's the best flying i ever seen let me buy you a drink and you think that it's going to go south but it never does they just kind of hang out with all these like white people and they have their respect and like i kind of liked that they gained the respect of these people no i thought it was good because, like, I would hope, I guess I can't say for sure, but I would hope that that actually happened in real life to a certain extent. Like, if, yeah, if, if they if were, if you saved your life, yes, you would if, hope that he would respect him. Yes, if even a, though he's black. Even though you're incredibly racist against black people, if a black man literally saved your life when you're <laughs> thousands of feet in the air, you would think that you would at least, <laughs> you know, gain some respect for him. Right. But it is what it is. Um,. I don't know. I thought there was a good balance of them talking about racism. I think you said earlier you didn't think that, but I actually felt like there was a good balance of it um, because I didn't want the whole thing to be about it. I like that they more so centered on, you know, again, their accomplishments, what they did well, how they overcame the adversity and uh, everything. Um, I thought it was a good balance and I thought that it was like... It, it 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 gave us a little bit of a idea of like, you know, here's where they started, you know, how they were treated. He couldn't even go in the bar and get a drink to, you know, them showing them that they are, you know, just as good, if not better than them, you know, and them like bridging that gap and then being able to move forward and stuff like that. Because that's sometimes that's all it takes, you know, it just takes one person to step up and, you know, be a better person and, you know, realize what, you know, that they were wrong or, you know, it's they were being wrong for being racist and thinking little of these people. And um, I thought that that was good. I thought that it was a good amount of race talks and stuff like that. I thought there was a good because there was one point where where Brian Cranston's character comes in and he tells them that all that they're oh that they're supposed to stop at a certain point and then the when they're in the air um lightning's like no let's go all the way or whatever and then he makes that choice and then it's because the other they were supposed to have another another team was supposed to meet him up in the air and take over from right. there and they never came right so but i thought i liked how there was a good balance of them waiting for them to be told what to do and what missions. And then at the same time, them making a conscious decision to be like, no, let me show you what I can do. I felt like it was like a good balance because you kind of have to do that. You have to be able to overcome that and be like, no, this is, let me show you what I can do. Um, 
if you're not going to give me that chance, you know, kind of thing. Because they showed them time and time again that they could do what they were asking them to. So I thought that that was a good, um, a good, uh, transition before and after, whatever. Example, whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) No, I get it. So. I thought it was a little weird that that one Nazi guy just kept showing up uh, yeah, throughout the whole movie. He was like they the... just picked a protag- or antagonist oh. type thing. Somebody to watch. Pretty boy. Pretty boy. Yeah, they kept calling him Pretty Boy, and he was just just comically evil Nazi man. I mean, yeah. it was nice to see him die, but it was just weird that he kept showing up. I know they were all like this man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were making this. hearing that he died. Yeah, he was so cartoonish. Yeah, it was cartoonishly evil. Yeah. Like. I don't know. They always do that. Whenever they portray uh, Nazis, they always make them seem like so villainous, like like cartoonishly villainous. Yeah, they're pretty villainous. <laughs> I mean, they are like I'm the not most villainous. Saying they're not, I'm just saying it's like a it's a trope. Yeah, sure. Uh, Lightning uh, married a girl who does not Italian. who does not understand him. That's a weird uh, thing that happened. Married? Well, no, married? they're supposed to get married, but yeah, she said yes to him. Engaged. They got engaged. She said yes to him, but they don't understand each other. They don't know they what don't. each other's they saying. Tried. That's a weird relationship, it I think. It is a weird relationship. Yeah, I know. Uh, me and you were talking about that, how um, it must have been hard for them to go and tell her that he died. Yeah. She kind of got back, it. <laughs> yeah. Back in those days, if, you know. If somebody walks up up to you in uniform and it's not who you're expecting to see, you know it's something bad. Yeah. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah, I was telling him that it reminds me of Across the Universe in the beginning. Across the Universe? Is that the Beatles movie? Yeah, that's the Beatles, <laughs> yeah. the Beatles musical. Um, Oh my god, who shows up dead? I forget. Is it... The girl's brother. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he dies in war, so they go to the mom's house. Right, right, I remember. I loved that guy. What was that guy's name? Jude. No. No. Jude is not her brother. Jude's the one that she falls in love with. No, I know. That's what he's saying. Um, I want to know his real name. What's his real name? I was in love with him for a while. Oh, the guy in Across the Universe? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why can't I remember his name? Which one? The main guy or the other guy? The main guy. Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis, yes. I was in love with him. That's very irrelevant, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that has nothing to do with... Hold on. Wait, this go is back. A Be- this is now a Beatles podcast? <laughs> well, that Beatles movie comes out eventually. Oh, it, it does. That'll be my movie. No, I'm just... Anyway, Red Tails. Does anybody have a, anything else to say about Red Tails? Um, other than uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. with his pipe is funny. It was really good if you want to... Make- <laughs> I love it. I love Cuba. <laughs> yeah, Cuba's great, Cuba. but he looks silly with the pipe. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was just... Yeah, it's- maybe it's just the pipes are silly or like the way he put it in his... The way he just put it in his mouth. I don't know. It was just silly. The pipe um, was silly. I thought it was really... Um, interesting that it was his first theatrically released film since and for five years. What was before he that? Very good person. Uh, Daddy Day Camp. Mm. He's not a good person? Is Cuba Gooding Jr.? Not really. Why? What do you do? No. What do you do? Oh. Legal issues. Oh, he was accused of raping a woman. Oh. 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 Oh, misdemeanor yeah. charges for forcibly touching and third degree sexual assault. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh. 30 women. Thirty women? Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say there's somebody who doesn't like the fact that I like cute that I Thirty like women did it, it didn't say thirty women, did it? Yes, it says as of August 20, oh. 20, 30 women have accused Gooding of unwanted sexual touching. Ooh, oh, I didn't know that uh, before 
today. I was today years old when I learned all of that. Um, um, yeah, that's okay. Well, let's go back to talking about somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Neo makes a funny voice in this movie. Uh, he does. I, I don't even remember Neo in it either. He's smoky. He's smoky. I don't. Oh, he's smoky. Yeah, I don't want to talk like him because I feel like oh that's offensive. Oh my god! Offensive. Did you not know? Okay. Who Neo was? It took me a minute to figure it. out. He's talking in a silly accent. Not like... you. He said he didn't even like. Did you not recognize his face? He has such a distinctive face. Uh, again, he's Matt... got he's got those like cheeks. I told Uriel. I said he should have his uh, fedora on. <laughs> Literally the whole time that i was watching it the only ones who i was able to recognize right off the bat were cuba and terrence and there was and michael and i was he like There's... Talk like um jim cummings talks as what's his oh, name oh ray the firefly yeah he's got kind of yeah. a he's got kind of a cajun accent i think that's what he's going oh, for. That's, yeah, that's, what, that's okay. what he's going for he's going for like a cajun uh sort of voice it is a little over the top but i think but it makes more sense yeah i think he's i think he's good i think he's good I mean, where's uh, he from? Maybe that's like... Yeah, that's possible. Method Man also in this movie for some reason. Method Man's always he's just in Arkansas. movies. Oh, he's from Arkansas? Hmm, interesting. Well, he was born in Arkansas, but he grew up in Vegas, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> interesting. Arkansas's down there. Vegas, not so much. I was going to say, where's Method Man from? He's from uh, New York. I think this is a good movie to watch for Black History Month. If you're thinking about watching a movie to celebrate Black History Month, this is a good one. Yeah, and there's a, um, I just learned this today, too. There's a 90-minute documentary in the special features for this movie on Disney Plus about the actual Tuskegee oh, Airmen. that's awesome. I don't know if they made it in conjunction with the movie. I would assume they did. It's just under the extra features on the page on Disney Plus. It's the only extra it has. Oh, you know who my favorite character in this whole movie was? Who? coffee <laughs> oh the, the coffee. guy the guy fixing he the looked familiar too he did i don't know, I don't know where I, I don't think i can pinpoint him his name is andre royo he was in luke cage i think was uh, he in luke cage uh, he's on empire oh well uh, i don't watch empire I, never I feel him. like he was one of the barbershop guys in luke cage i don't know it doesn't say luke cage no he's he's not that guy i know who you're thinking he is he's not him um he was on agent carter didn't you watch that Brady? I didn't watch that. He was only one no, episode. No, I was saying maybe Brady remembers him from Agent Carter. He was only on one episode. Um, oh, he was in Elementary. <laughs> he was in The Wire. It was like that seems to be his biggest role. Oh, he was role. on a uh, uh, Law and Order. Most of these SVU. just for one episode. Yeah, a lot of stuff like that is go, one episode. Go to thing. his uh, filmography real quick. He was. I've never seen any of these movies except for Red Dales. Yeah, I thought he looked familiar too, but I don't know anything he's been in. So, huh? You don't know any of these? No, I don't. Where do I know him from? He played a drug-addicted homeless serial killer in Criminal Minds episode four, or season four episode Catching Yeah, Out. but that's just one. I don't think I would recognize him from one. No, I don't know him from anything else. Mm. Are you thinking of Method Man? <laughs> no, not I'm not Man. thinking of Method Man. I know. Uh, <sighs> huh, interesting. Oh, the... Uh, well, he's my favorite character. Daniela Rua, the woman who played the uh, Italian... First of all, she's Portuguese, and um, she... <laughs> She uh, first of all, she's Portuguese. She played uh, Merida in the Portuguese version of Brave. I found that out when watching this movie. Did you look her up? I did looked, you think she looked familiar? I she did, and uh, I don't know her. Okay, cool. So I guess I don't know anybody in this movie. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, Red Tails, Brady, plus or bus for Red Tails. Uh, it's a plus. Nikki, plus or bus. Plus. Plus. Carissa, plus or bus for Red Tails. Plus. I'm gonna give it a plus too. I think it's good. I think it has a few. I think it has. Well, racist, if not. No, <laughs> I think it. 
I think it has its issues. I don't think it's perfect, but I think uh, for what it is, it's good. And I wouldn't mind seeing this uh, another story told with like about the Tuskegee Airmen, like in a, oh, like yeah, if they yeah. made like another mm-hmm. movie, like not even necessarily Lucasfilm having to make another movie. Like if there just was another movie about the Tuskegee Airmen, I think that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Um, cast is great. Looks good visually. Uh, it's good. I enjoyed it. So oh, I forgot to. What? Sorry. I forgot to bring up how we were talking earlier about how the opening was a little cheesy. Yeah. The opening is very cheesy. At first, I thought I might not like this movie because the opening is pretty bad. The acting is horrible. Yeah, the, this is like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, the acting is real cheesy and bad. And um, the like bright red text that pops up on the screen is like real bad. I didn't like that. But it gets better after that. Yeah, it gets much better after that. Like this, as soon as the... Uh, the airmen are introduced it's it's much better it gets going uphill from there yep okay all right next, that was it next week we're doing uh flora and ulysses yes correct that comes out tomorrow uh tomorrow. by the time you hear this it will already be out so pull the muppet show hooray for me um <laughs> yeah so we'll be doing uh flora and ulysses because nikki wants to it's about a squirrel <laughs> i guess what was ours i guess it's not just about a squirrel the little girl in that movie looks so cute. I've been seeing the commercial and I'm like, oh. Holy unanticipated cool. occurrences. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, Drew Taylor liked it, but he likes everything. So, uh, Drew Taylor, film critic. Uh, I guess he's not really a film oh, critic. I, know that I will like it, whether or not anybody else does. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll watch it. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Plus or Bust, a Disney podcast. If you liked it, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you do that and you write a review, we will read it. Uh, We will read it. Uh, If you want to interact with us on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow us at Plus or Bust. You can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Disney Plus or Bust. We post a poll there every week to see if you would give the movie a Plus or Bust. Love to see what you feel about Red Tails. Um, You can email us with any questions, comments, concerns, anything, Disney Plus or Bust at gmail.com. Other than that, we will see you next week with Flora and Ulysses. Bye. Bye. All right, we got to get this going. Nope. I don't want you to sleep. I've already been recording 20 minutes, 22 minutes. You're recording us? Yeah, I can't look at... Well, yeah, that's how I get the... <laughs> You're recording us? Every episode, I put, like, something oh, at the end. That's how works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see, I didn't finish the episode last time, so... Yeah, if you go all the way to the end, pass after the music, sometimes there might be something. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long, you sometimes it's nothing. You didn't put any spoiler warnings for the last one. Did I not? Mm-mm. For the poof point? No, Spoil- for... No, for... You talked about the scene from WandaVision. You didn't say spoiler warning. Oh. Wait, which which scene did we talk about? The one that was from Endgame originally. Oh, that's not a spoiler. Mm. That's not. That's not a spoiler. I wish that we could have just watched one division all in one sitting. Ah, no way. Yeah, me too. I like it this way. I like like it this this way. I I like it this way. I like it. Actually, too. actually, I, I kind of do. I wish Netflix did that too. I finished my show already. Here's, and I'm mad. The, here's um, the thing, man. When 
you got to think about it, okay? The Mandalorian. Are you talking to me? I'm talking about it just in general. Oh, the okay, Mandalorian was the most talked about show in a long time, and that's because there was a week between episodes, so people could talk about the last episode constantly. Something like Stranger Things come out, and like, yeah, Stranger Things is popular, but nobody's talking about the season as a whole because it all drops at the same time. Everybody just watches it in one day. You get one episode a week, you're talking about it all week. I like it this way. <laughs> I like it this way, too, and I hope they do the same thing with Stranger Things. I heard that Netflix is talking about it. Yeah, because well, they saw they should how... have done that with the crew, because I finished the crew in two days, because it was only ten episodes on It's because they're seeing how right. well uh, WandaVision and The Mandalorian are doing. You know, uh, this last week, the top two streaming shows were WandaVision and The Mandalorian. Mandalorian shot back up because Gina Carano got fired. I just don't like... Um, I don't like... I don't like it how it's cliffhangery and it's only 30 minutes. That's how TV is, though. No, TV you're going to get like an hour. Not, nah, no. Yeah. You can get a half hour. Game of Thrones was an hour. Okay, sometimes Game of Thrones was two hours. Like, Game of Thrones could be however long they wanted. And look how that turned out. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't like it. I like it. Okay. Keeps me on edge the whole week. I I'm don't just like, like that. Oh no! Is it going to be Mr. Fantastic? I don't like how the end of the last one. It just ends. I don't like that. That's yeah, fine. Oh, I know. With poor Darcy getting sucked up, I want to know what happened to her. Yeah, she's a waitress. It's fine. Everybody's hoping she comes out as a uh, a waitress. waitress. Yeah. Two broke girls. They're not going to do that. They don't own that. They don't. That would be awesome, though. Two broke girls? No, that was CBS, CBS? wasn't it? Oh, was it? Was it? Or was it Fox? I, I don't know. Maybe it was Fox. I don't think uh, it was Fox. Was... But was it? I don't think she'll be NBC a waitress. Or... I think she's going to end up being a part of the circus. Warner Bro- oh, yeah. It's owned by Warner Brothers, so mm. definitely ain't going to be that. <laughs> Few yeah, companies hate Disney more than Warner Brothers. So. I don't even know if Universal hates Disney as much as Warner Brothers does. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's originally on CBS. Yeah, like, I think it's stream- it's streaming right now on Amazon. Oh, it is. What this thing says. Watch now on Amazon. How excited! I'm not you? watching with it. You that oh, show no. was terrible. I could not stand I that show. I love that show. I love I, that show too. Me and, I watched. Me and were just watching it I last week. watched every season of How I Met Your Mother. I watched most seasons of Big Bang Theory. I can ups- I can stand some crap. I could not stand Two Broke Girls. That was good. I like. Oh, Dad liked that show too. I couldn't. You know, it. Dad. I love that show. We were buying. We bought a season at one point, didn't we? Or no? Did we? Yeah, we. I owned just one, had we owned work, one of the seasons on DVD. I, I had to it. work really hard to watch some of the seasons because it was after the fact. So there. They were three dollars each on. Comcast. Yeah, they were three dollars on Comcast, and obviously, I'm not paying three dollars for a thirty-minute episode. But yeah. And then we bought them. We bought one season or something. Is it the first season that you bought me? I don't know. It was either the first season or the cheapest season. I'm streaming, or I'm binging Elementary right now, though. You know, Elementary was one episode at a time per week, you know. Yeah. Well, Two Broke Girls isn't, you have to buy it. Oh, you do? You buy it by seasons, and it's $30 a season. (laughs) They're really holding on to that one for some reason. Love that show, but uh, it's $3 an episode or $28.99 a season. Wow. Ridiculous. 
And it's all five seasons. All right, can we start this, please? Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to talk about two broke girls no, anymore. I'm over it. I don't care about you and your work. <sighs> I'm starting.